ಸ್ಥಾಪಕಾಯಧರ್ಮಸ್ವರ್ಮಸ್ವಿಣೆ ಅವತಾರವರಿಷ್ಠಾ ವಸುದೇವಸುತ ಕಂಸಚಾನೂರಮರ್ದನ So, we will enter into the section in Bhagavad Gita, which is almost similar to the section which we are at present studying in Mundaka Upanishad, where we find that all the actions which entails in hankering after the fruit, the result, is being decried, is being condemned. So we find that in the Vedic yajas, there were yajas, as elaborate sacrifices, the fire sacrifices used to be there. This was quite elaborate with so many steps and intricate steps and it was very specific and they have to be followed exactly the way they have been prescribed so that you can ensure the attainment of heaven after death and a prosperous life while living here. Iha Amutra. And we find that the entire Karmakanda deals with that in the Vedas. To relate to those Vedic ideas of Yajyas, we may not just conclude that it was something which was prevalent in those days. We may think that those uh, were all this yajna's ideas of yajna was something which was based on imagination. All the, after doing all those yajna's, whether you really get heaven or not, we are very practical in this. We know what we do and what we get. So let us not deal with the differences, but what's the common thing that those yajna's were something which was linked with the hankering for the result. And all our activities in the present world that which we do, all the career-oriented education, they also have the same orientation. The orientation is that I want, the, I want to enjoy the result, the fruits of all those actions. So, Let us take that commonality, that common point of view and try to understand that what Bhagavad Gita is saying. That all, and there we will find a wonderful link between what Bhagavan is saying with the present day. And those words will appear to be contemporary. If we literally take the yajyas, then we may find that this has nothing to do with our life. But if we take them with the sense that careeristic education with the aim of getting established in life to have power, position, wealth 
as the be all and end all of our existence, if we think that, then these slokas do have some great relevance in our life. So with that type of background in our mind, let us try to study these slokas, which will entail uh, after the short uh, description of the self, which was preceded in the previous slokas. So let us enter into the 42nd sloka, which in which the idea of the yajna, the karmakanda is being decried. So selfish action motivated by the desire for enjoyment of happiness as has been described in the karmakanda of the Vedas will be condemned by Bhagavan in these few succeeding slokas. So the 42nd sloka. Yamimang pushpitang vachan Yamimang Pushpitang Bhachan Pravadantya Vipaschita Veda Vada Rata Partha Nanya Dastiti Vadinah. We will read three slokas together because they are all connected. So this is the 42nd. Yamimang Pushpitang Vachan Pravadanti Avipaschita Veda Vada Rata Partha Na Anyat Asti Iti Vadinah. So I just broke the Sandhi to make the words more comprehensible. We will come to the literal meaning. The 43rd sloka, what it says? Kamatmana Swargapara Janma Karma Falapradam Kriya Vishesha Bahulam Bhogeshwarya Gating Prati This is the 44th. Third. And in the 44th Bhogeshwarya Prasaktanam Taya Aparitha Chetasam Vyavasayatmika buddhi samadhau na vidhiyate. This is the 44th sloka. So these three slokas we will study together. In the 44th sloka, what they are saying, the result of multifarious actions, which has been spoken of in the 42nd and in the 43rd sloka. So we will start to understand the meaning of the slokas with the last one, the 44th sloka. What it is saying? That Bhogeshwarya Prasaktanang Taya Taya Aparita Chetasam Taya Aparita Chetasam Taya Aparita Chetasam. That becomes Taya Aparita Chetasam. Vavasayatmika Buddhi Samadhu Na Vidhiyate. So Vavasayatmika Buddhi, as we have studied in the last sloka, which speaks of resolution. Mind with resolution, which is not wavering, is Vyavasayatmika Buddhi. And Samadhi speaks of the absorption in your object of focus or meditation. That leads to Samadhi, where the Triputi Bheda happens. The word Samadhi means that so deep absorption that even you forget that you are meditating or you are focusing on something. You become as if one with the object of meditation. So this, this Vyavasayatmika Buddhi leads to that Samadhi, that state. When you are focused, when you are intently focused with total unwavering attention to the thing which you are doing or which on which you are contemplating, it will lead to Samadhi, where all the distractions falls off 
even the mind itself is, is a distraction for itself because constantly it has to take care of the ego, the sense of aham, that I, that too falls off when you're totally engrossed with the object of your meditation and you get identified with that. That's why in, in our Vedantic literature, Samadhi has been defined as Triputi Bheda, Dhyana, Dhyata, Dhyaya. These are the Triputi, these are the triads. Even when I'm concentrating, I'm aware of these three. Dhyana, the one who is meditating, the process of meditation is Dhyana, Dhyata, the one who is meditating, and Dhyaya, the object of meditation. So I am aware that I am meditating and this in the process of meditation, the meditation itself is the bridge, is the connection between me and my object of meditation. So these three, I'm quite aware. I may be very focused, but these three, I'm aware of. But here the Vedanta assures of the fact and it's something which is experienced by us in our day-to-day life, that when we get extremely absorbed, we for the time being as if forget ourselves and get totally absorbed in the object of meditation. And whenever we can forget ourselves, it entails tremendous bliss. It is the ego which doesn't allow the bliss of the self to percolate through our body-mind senses. The ego, whenever it falls off, the bliss is something which is assured because that is the being, that is the thing which is the essence of our being. It's not something which has to be acquired. It is always there. Very interestingly, when we get monotonous with our work in our day-to-day life, we get bored. What we do? We spend our money. Not only we spend our money, government gives you subsidy. Because those who are staying in some scenic place and they wait for the people to come there so that they can have their business there, the tourist, to encourage the tourism, you will find even government is giving subsidy and people are eager to move out. During the entire lockdown, we found that whenever there was a relaxation, immediately people are moving out where? Either to the sea beach or to some mountains, to the place of some scenic beauty. Why we do that? Why? Because we all feel a sense of let go, nothing else. We just go there, stand by the side of the ocean and view that infinite expanse. For the time being, your ego has dissolved. You're totally lost in that infinitude. And that gives the bliss. It comes from the sense of awe faculty, which is within us. The same thing happens when you are going to the mountains, the tiles of mountains. It again gives you a sense of infinitude. You as if lose yourself. So just you feel what happens that whenever that ego falls off, whatever may be the process, either by meditation of God or by standing in front of nature, just we found uh, that in our last interfaith meet, the chairperson of the Marunda Interfaith Network, Philip, Reverend Philip Hughes, he was dealing with the vast majority of the people who doesn't believe in God, the so-called who are 
non-conformist to any type of denominational religion. We won't say them atheist, but they don't conform to any type of conventional religion. For them, they also need, they have the need to resort to silence and feel the bliss within. For that, what they do? He was showing that they go to the sea beach, they go to the place of scenic beauty. Actually, the same process happens. It is a falling off of the ego by getting, getting identified with that expands through all the faculty of awe, the faculty of awe from where it comes. All the faculty of awe comes from the sense that we cannot think ourselves limited. We are built in such a way we can never think ourselves limited. We always try to relate to something bigger than life, greater than life. So that that's, it's, as in our scriptures, it is mentioned, mentioned that sa anantaya kalpati, that as a human being, we always think of something which transcends all the limitation. Anantaya kalpati. An, an, uh, an, ananta means which negates anta. Anything which is anta means has a limitation. Ananta. The an is this pratyaya, uh, this prefix an is used in the sense of negation. Ananta. Ananta. So we always try to relate to that. When a small child is watching the, the comics in the TV, the same thing is happening. What makes them with that relate with that tremendous awe, with tremendous absorption? The characters which are seeing are all some larger than life. The things which I cannot do, all those comic characters can do. The Superman, the Batman, the Spider-Man. All the things they're doing is something which is beyond the limitations which we feel. Something within us is constantly saying is you're, with, you're beyond all the limits. But I find physically, I'm not beyond all the limits. That ego wants to realize its unlimitedness. And now what's the way out? By, really, by just forgetting oneself and to identify with someone which shows as if it is beyond limit. And that speaks of the all, the tremendous awe faculty. That with that, before the time being, as if lose ourselves to get identified with the infinitude, which is our real nature and the bliss for collects. And that's why it is impossible. In our school, they say there is no need for all those religious studies, spiritual studies. Just be moral, have good behavior. Yes, with moral and good behavior, we can speak of a society which is a very civilized society. But at the same time, with all your good behavior, you yourself cannot take care of your own mind. You at last find that you are developing all psychological complications. Because with all the education, there was no scope to take care of the awe faculty, which the scriptures do take care. It was the entire scripture. It is not something someone has designed through ages. The awe faculty of the human being, the collective aspect, the awe, the collective, uh, uh, I will say, endeavor, that also is not something uh, done consciously. It was subconsciously, the subconscious endeavor, collective endeavor of the human being to relate to that infinitude has resulted in all the religion. It may find expression in all the uh, 
mythological language, all those allegories and everything. It may, with a rational mind, if I try to find out, there may be no reason to find that they have any justification. But from where they came, they came from that awe, tremendous awe faculty. We all want to relate to that infinitude. We are babbling with all sorts of irrelevant words, but the basic thing is we all want to relate to that infinitude. And that is the thing which speaks of that awe faculty and that can lead to samadhi, where with that awe, your ego falls off, you relate to that. Now that, these are the thing which entails tremendous bliss, a sense of fulfillment, where I go beyond all the limitation by relating to that the self, which is limitless, which is eternal bliss. That alone gives us enjoyment in this life. Whatever we may be doing, we are mistaken that the happiness which we get out of it is something which is coming from outside. It never comes from outside. Nothing in this world can give us happiness apart from the bliss which is our real nature. It is constantly getting obscured by all those all those thousands of desires constantly making me jump from one desire to other like a monkey is not allowing me to attain the peace. With all those jumping and frolicking at last for the time being, when one desire is fulfilled, for the time being, a let go ensues, a little happiness comes and again I become a pauper, beggar, I lose it. It's not something I have lost, it is with me, but I think I have lost it. It is my ignorance which makes me behave like a beggar. The beggar doesn't know that he has the treasures hidden in him. And that's why he's behaving like a beggar. So that's the idea which we will find is being spoken of in this slokas. So first, there is Vyavasait, Mikabuddhi, and Samadhu, Na Vidhiyate. The word Na is like Madhya Deepika Nyaya. In Sanskrit, it is used in many of these slokas. Whenever you need to rhyme, there's a limitation of words has to be followed. Then what? Instead of using the same word again and again, there is it one which lights so many other things. Just in the Madhya Deepika means in the olden days, you know that to just have economy of fuel. So you at night, there is to light some lamp, some oil lamp. Now, each if each and every room has to light one oil lamp, it speaks of the lot of exp- expenditure of the fuel. You s- spend up so much of fuel that way. So what they used to do, between two rooms, there will be a small hole somewhere in the wall. And they will keep a lamp there. So the one lamp lights both the rooms. <coughs> Sometimes it may be three rooms. Is that one in one corner, three rooms meet or four rooms meet? They will keep one lamp, it lights all the three rooms or for the four rooms. So, that's the idea of Madhya Deepika. So, here, you know, this Anushtuk Chanda has been used in all these slokas, means there will be a four phrases in each sloka and each phrase will have exactly eight syllables. 
So now it really becomes a quite challenging task to uh, compose these slokas in exactly this rhyme called Anushtup Chanda. So sometimes we find this, the, to limit the word, they're using one word to illumine more than one ideas. So here we have a Sayatmika Buddhi and Samadhi. Both are being, both has to be associated with the word Na. This Na Vyavya Sayatmika Buddhi, Na Samadhu Vidhi Yate. So this Na acts as the Madhya Deepika. It is eliminating both the word. So it's neither you can have this unwavering thought, which, uh, which, which, which has a strong resolution. You cannot have that. And what to speak of Samadhi. For whom? Those who are deeply attached to the pleasure and power. Bhoga Aishwarya. Prasaktana. Bhoga means pleasure. Aishwarya means wealth and power. So those who are tremendously attached, inordinately attached to this pleasure, which comes from wealth and power, so naturally, if you have to have pleasure, you have to have wealth, you have to have power. So those are extremely attached to that. So they, for them, aparita means even they don't know. The moment we are tremendously attached to the bhoga and aishwarya, just the way when you are not very much conscious about yourself, the pickpocket gets the chance to pickpocket, to just steal the thing from your pocket. So here also the same thing happens. The moment you get disidentified from your own self and get attached to the things of the world, you're not aware of yourself. The nature like the pickpocket, aparita, it steals away the discrimination from you. You're gone. It is just like a thief, like a pickpocket, aparita. Means aparita means to steal. It is stolen away. Even you don't know it is stolen away. Your discrimination is gone. How it, how it is, how it is stolen? You know when someone the pickpockets what they do. There's a very nice way in that. Suppose you got a you just boarded a bus in India where you know that the bus will be full packed, fully packed, and suddenly someone without any reason may stamp over your feet and start quarreling with you unnecessarily. You also lose your temper and you start quarreling. And by the time you get down of the bus, you find your purse is gone. What is happening actually, they're a team. It's not that, just the pickpocket is alone. So some person will be there <clears throat> to create some chaos and to distract you there. You also get involved in that chaos. You also start quarreling. So now this is the best time for the other person who is also of that same group to easily pick up the thing from you. So here also the same thing happens. So your discriminations has been pickpocketed, has been stolen. For that, what's required? You have to be distracted. So this Karmakanda with all its flowery words is that one who is distracting you. So that's the 42nd sloka. Yamimang Pushpitang Vachan Pravadanti Avipaschita. That someone has got up on the bus, instead of quarreling, he may do so other things. 
maybe trying to sell something is not intention that you buy but at the same time the words which is using the flowery words and you get for the time being totally involved in that you may start thinking that yes the thing he is advertising is worth so maybe you may be uh, prone you are prone to buy it at the same time you will lose the money also so this pushpita watch speaks of that the flowery words pushpita the words which are pushpa means flower vacha means words so just see how poetic this slokas can be this this those who this by the flowery words of the unwise yamimang pushpitang vacha who speaks of it pravadanti avipaschita it is the unwise those who themselves are myopic or short sighted those who doesn't have the vision of the far fetched goals of the gyana kanda of the real spirituality they easily get befooled by the advertisement of this all sorts of career oriented education or career oriented skill development this is this is the be all and end all and for that all the flowery words advertisement you even now education is a big advertisement the prosperity of the nation depends on the advertise how it can advertise that its universities ranks among the top 100 in the world on that the nation's prosperity depends you can immediately get thousands and millions of students paying huge money and the nation prospers prashpitang vachan for that you need that flowery words the entire service economy depends on that flowery words it's not only in the vedas we may think we are civilized they were just doing some sacrifice and was thinking of after heaven after death some heaven and those are all imaginary for that's why we are saying forget about that aspect but the intention the same intention we do have just with all sorts of advertisement with all sorts of advertisement with the flowery words it's very much important without that you cannot really lure others so vedas karmakanda also has all those things yamimang pushpitang vachan pravadanti avipaschitah these unwise peoples they use this flowery water, words and what they say veda vadarata partha nanya asti iti vadina na anya asti iti vadina this is the be all and end all of existence be happy be prosperous just see how prosperous i am actually the for the pushpitang vachan the prosperity itself is an investment you know that first i have to spend a money and look make look everything so nice then only people will be lured and the people are lured by that thing that pushpita vachan and that so called that cosmetic prosperity it's just the pack it's just the outside pack with which you are being lured and that's why they all will say this is the all this is the be all and end all of existence veda vadarata veda vada means the eulogy which has been spoken of in the karmakanda of the vedas all the eulogies that you enjoy life here you go to heaven 
this this yagya that yagya even nowadays we find if you speak of renunciation you won't get people but if you say that you go to such and such baba or such and such realized soul all your problems will be solved you have health problems it will be solved you have some financial issues it will be solved you have sickness uh, it will be cured just we will ask just uh, we ask you just really go and study the life of those people who really believe that have they really become the multimillionaires have they really really got rid of rid of all the success it may so happen some sickness they have cured sometimes it's not the person who has cured it is our belief even in modern science they say have the idea of that that it is our psychology takes a plays a great role in getting cured sometimes you will find that even uh, you haven't reached you have just taken the resolution to go to the doctor you start feeling well so it's sometimes it's your psychology but whatever it may be you have got cured but does it mean that i will never get sick again i'm going to live for thousands of years but we are so short sighted we never feel that we are lured baba sitting in a huge singhasana uh, with all golds and amulets and blessing people and people are lured in thousands and throngs people are going what for some material gains and swami vivekananda very flatly told where god is the means world is the end it is sheer materialism there is nothing of spirituality in it and that is in no way different from this karma kanda even as a devotee we can be doing the same thing as like the karma kanda because we are all kamatmana it's all the desires with which we are going and once we have the desire you are pickpocketed all your discrimination is gone as in india sometimes for catching the train i don't know which train will be coming first maybe it in the platform number 1 or it may be in the platform number 3 so best way not to stand in the platform stand on the overbridge so the moment the announcement is there you can easily go to the platform you want and i used to make one one of my friends my college uh, friends told me a very interesting thing you can just uh, watch when you're standing on that overbridge you see so many people in all the platforms walking walking around they're all and so uh, working hard for their day to day what you say this bread for the day to day sustenance they are all hard working people but very interesting you look down in india i've seen that how many rings are there in their fingers all sorts of stones and fingers in their fingers why there are some astrologers there are some this faith healers who have prescribed them and they are wearing all so i still remember when i was in um, in india in some school i i even i found among the teachers many are wearing the stones and that's the idea i find that it doesn't it speaks of lack of self reliance sometimes and suddenly i came in uh, through a slok i just i was reading a, a sloka i forget the sloka but the idea was wonderful that what's the idea is sage like vashishta in ramayana 
Vashishta was the uh, the sage who, who that you know that the royal sage. You, every king has to have a sage who will just always guide him in all matters, what to do, what not to do. So sage like Vashishta, highly renowned sage. He is what you say that he has been asked by Dasharatha, the king of Ayodhya, Rama's father, that what is the best time, please find out the best time to coronate my son Rama. And Vashishta, after resorting to all those so-called astrological uh, calculations, he do, he do prescribes the time. And what's the result? Rama went to forest for Vanavasa. He lost his kingdom and Dasharatha himself lost his life. He was by, couldn't bear the separation from his son. And that pangs, that sorrow led him to the... So this is the result. So what we are saying is these, behind these words, lot of advertisement is there. But the basic thing, what's the discrimination which is gone? This world is a flow, samsara, samsarate iti samsara, everything is flowing. Nothing can be there which you can take to, to be something permanent. Taking it for granted that it is going to be with me, nothing. That's the meaning of the word samsara, samsarate, it is all constantly flowing. Jagat, that which is constant, it came from the word gamdhatu, which is moving. Everything is moving here. And we get lured by these words and fall in the trap. And what is pickpocketed? The discrimination has been pickpocketed. It's taken out. And we become vulnerable to this advertisement because we are all kamatmana. It's full of desires. Swargapara. Not only desire fulfillment in this life, after death, we want to enjoy the heaven. Even if not heaven, a better life. Jarma, karma, falapradam. That by certain actions in this life, I will get a better birth in the next life. I will enjoy the results of that again in the next life. And for that, so many things we resort to. Kriya, Vishesha, Bahula. In those days, they resorted to Yajyas. Now the role has been taken by the faith healers, by the so many uh, spiritual, so-called esoteric practices. So in the name of spirituality, all actually at last ends in tintilling your nerves, nothing else. It gives no as such permanent result. They're all Kriya Vishesha Bahulam. Do the Pranayama this way immediately. You will enjoy the bliss of uh, that, the celestial bliss. The basic thing, spirituality cannot come in a slipshod manner by following this Pranayama or following this type of uh, uh, what do you say? Is some, is some package of practices you get, are going to get the bliss immediately. There is no such shortcut in spirituality. The basic thing in spirituality is like the way the Shivalinga is formed. The water is flowing over a coarse rock for hundreds of years. No visible change is seen at any time. But in course of time, it becomes smoothened, the Shivalinga. It speaks of purity, patience, perseverance. 
that repetition of that contemplative practice that Vyavasaitmika Buddhi speaks of that. But I want all slipshot remedy, very quick result, and resort to all those type of packages, which speaks of immediate illumination, immediate enlightenment. And we fall in the trap of it and we are pickpocketed. You pay heavily for that in hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars you pay. And at last you say, I have attained because you are not a fool to say, I have been fooled. You have to say, I have attained something because we have that much of intelligence to say that I have paid thousand dollars, have got nothing. If I have paid thousand dollars, of course I've got something. And you do get something that way. Kriya Vishesha Bahuyalang, Bhogeshwariya Gating Prati. So this is the, the karmakanda of the Vedas do find expression in a different way, even in the present world. And it will find even in the future through eternity, as long as we are kamatmana swargapara. And this is being condemned that, O Partha, no resolute and unwavering thought is formed in the minds of those who are deeply attached to the pleasure, power, wealth. Why? Because they allow their discrimination to be stolen away. How did it been stolen away? By being distracted. As has been spoken in the 42nd sloka. Someone is advertising. You are being distracted by that. So it's easily to pickpocket your discrimination now. Who quoting the eulogistic words the praising words of the Vedas declare that is nothing else. This is the be-all and end-all. Vedavadarata, The eulogy is spoken of in the Vedas, in the Karmakandas of the Vedas. With that, you have been totally stolen off. There is nothing else. That's the same. And why are we so convinced? Because they know the thing which we want, that has to be advertised. Kamatmana, Swargapara. Those are the things we know. So the moment you have all those ideas of immediate gratification, you will be lured. To lure us, there are thousands of such. All the, at present we find so that in internet, internet security course is a very I mean, uh, well shot of course now. Every lot of advertisement. Why? Why there's no need, there's need for internet because internet has become the field through which to lure us for all the so-called uh, this scams. The scams are there. So, so many scams are there in the internet. Why? Because we are lured after all. First, you have to be lured. We are lured for something and then we open up the scam and now this, this cyber security comes again to protect you. And this is the huge nexus circle which is going on. Why? Everywhere that you are being lured that how they can convince us because they know very well that I, that I, I am already vulnerable. The moment you have that strong desire for this on that, you can easily be, easily be lured. And that's as that how, that how, why they are so convinced that how we get so convinced by their words, because we are full of desires. The moment we get, we are having desires, our vision gets obscured. It biases our vision that the, Allegory which the scripture gives, which we speak again and again, is of the stump of a tree in some corner, maybe in a park. The tree has withered off, only the stump is remaining. And in the twilight hours, 
all see it as per their bias because their intellect has been clouded. Some see it, the lover sees it, sees it as its beloved. The police who is in search of the thief thinks it's the thief. The thief who is running away from the police thinks it's to be the police. The child who's in search of the mother thinks the mother. The mother thinks it to be its child. All as per their bias, she sees the stump as they wish it to see. And that's the thing has happened here also, that why we get convinced? Because yes, we are already biased. Our vision is clouded. The discrimination has been taken off. So as they're full of desires and look upon heaven as their highest goal, kamatmana, swargapara, janma, karma, falapradam. And what it leads to? At last it leads to kriya vishesha bahula. This, this Vedas, the Karmakanda speaks of so many yagyas, specific yagyas. Do it for putrishti yagya. You have no son, you do this, you get son. This yagya, there are so many. For going to swarga, this is the yagya. For killing animal, this is the yagya. For, uh, for uh, sorry, killing your enemy, this is the yagya. There are all so many yagyas. Black magic, everything is there. From where it came, the moment we have those inordinate desires, we forget the desires which we are going to fulfill is not going to stay with us. We are going to meet the same fate as anyone else meets. It's something very ephemeral, temporary. But we are myopic. We don't see that. We are just chasing for that immediate gratification and we lose the goal. So that's the thing, thing which Bhagavan is being indicating in these three slokas. So the next, this uh, so the Vedas again is divided into these two sections, the Karmakanda and the Jnanakanda. This Karmakanda in the present day context, as we have been speaking, speaks of this career-oriented education, which in the words of Ramakrishna is Chal Kala Badha Vidya. It's not that we don't need it, but we should know the limitations of it. We shouldn't think it to be the be-all and end-all of our existence. It is just half a loaf. You cannot get satiated by it alone. It can give you a, some stability for the time being. But that's all. As Sri Ramakrishna used to say, with money, what you can do? You can buy a house and you can just buy the groceries. That's the word, thing. Just if you have a lot of money, it doesn't mean that you are you can eat cold. At last you have to eat that rice and pulses only. Nothing else. That's the thing. This is the chal kala vadha vidha. This with this, it too has a purpose for the time being. But it is not the be all. That nanyad astiti vadina. That what the Vedas says that there is nothing else beyond that. There we have the objection. Because we should always remember that whatever we get with that is ephemeral. Nature gives us in bounty at certain phase of time. Everything is taken away again at certain phase of time. You just have to wait and see. Helplessly, everything has been taken away. Our intelligence tech is taken away. We start saying with the old age, oh, I have started behaving so awkwardly. My intelligence is not working. What can you do? You're so much uh, 
proud of your intelligence. That's also taken away. What to speak of wealth? That is a bound to go away with your death. Nothing you are going to take away. Even while living, my wit, my intelligence, my memory, everything starts falling. My skills deteriorate. Everything. Nature takes away everything. What we are so proud of? We told it is mine. If it is mine, then how it has been taken away? Nothing is yours. Nature gives you, takes it away at its own will, giving you that sense of ego to just go on, what you say, that patting your own shoulders for the time being. And with it all that you become vain, you become, we all become vain, we all become egoistic. And that nature is fooling us that way. We just go on patting our shoulders for the time being. At last, everything to be taken away and just be, be a pauper, nothing else. So what's the way out? There's a way out. There's another section of the Veda, the Gyanakanda, which deals with the knowledge of the self, which leads to liberation. That's being, this, the next locus speaks of the limitation of the Karmakanda and the way out. It's a very nice way the next sloka will speak that what's the limitation of the Karmakanda and what's the way out. So let's re just read the sloka and then we will go to the discussion. Traigunya Vishaya Veda Nistraigunyo Bhavarjuna Nirdvandva Nitya Sattvastho Nir Yoga Kshema Atmava so these are very technical terms. Once we understand, technical terms mean it's not something difficult to understand. These are the words which were used in the, in the time of Krishna. Maybe 5,000, 6,000 years back. We don't use those terms now. And now, naturally to understand those words in the present day context becomes very difficult. But once you understand in the present day context, it is as simple, as clearly comprehensible as any other thing. What's that? Trigunya Vishaya Veda. The entire Veda deals with only the three gunas. Satya Rajatama. So it appears to be technical now. Then what actually is speaking of? Satya Rajatama, the entire Veda deals with that. It appears to be mere words. I, and I, sometimes we will find that even we go on giving uh, lectures, talks, deliberations on it by saying this Veda is three gunas, but what these three gunas actually mean? Some may say it means Sattva means uh, that equipoise, uh, Rajas means activity, Tamas means inertness. And that's again a mere translation. Veda deals with, now if I just translate, Veda deals with illumination, activity, inertness, what it means. It has no meaning. We have to. That's why we are saying these words in those contexts, the way it was used, we have, follow, we have lost the context. If we understand them in the present day context, it does speak something very, very relevant. We will come to that. First, let us understand the literal meaning. Traigunya Vishaya Veda. The entire Veda speaks of the three gunas. It deals with the three gunas. Nistraigunyo Bhavarjuna. Transcend those three gunas. O Arjuna, Bhava Arjuna, O Arjuna, Nistraigunya. Just go beyond these three gunas. How to go, go beyond these three gunas? Nirdvandva. By going beyond the three gunas, what will happen? Nirdvandva. You will go beyond the polarities. Now, in this life, a little happiness 
I am ecstatic. A little dejection. I think think of committing suicide. Just going to the opposite poles constantly. Now I am optimistic. The next moment I am pessimistic. We start our life with so much of optimism, at and at end we become a bundle of pessimism. Nothing is there. So this is going from one like a pendulum swinging from one end to the other. This is a dwandva duality. So you become nirdwanda. You go beyond all these dualities. Nitya sattvastha. So just now they told you go beyond three gunas. How to go beyond the three gunas? By getting established in sattva. Transcending the gunas means not becoming something uh, just an inert. It actually speaks of that. This is this nitya sattva is a very important word. That sometimes we feel that by spirituality we will be regress. We'll be regressing back something like a veggie we will become. Regressing back uh, to uh, in our consciousness to become something more inert. If you just stuck a knife in your uh, cabbage, it doesn't react. The spiritually illumined soul is not supposed to be reacting to the dvandvas, to happiness. And so do I become a veggie? No. The nitya sattvasta speaks of that. That I am always alert of myself. I am always illumined with that. But there is no mutation. That illumination is not resulting in any action, any reaction, or going to the something, uh, a state of inertness. So the spirituality doesn't speak of anesthesia. It speaks of tremendous alert, alertness and detachment. I am alert of my real self and detached from what I am not. That's why you are Nirdvanda, not because you have become a veggie. Nirtya Sattvastha, Nir Yoga Kshema. So these are the results which follows when you become Nistra Igunya. Nirdvanda, you that opposite polarities, the swinging in the opposite polarities that falls off. And the other is the Nir Yoga Kshema. Yoga Kshema, here yoga doesn't mean the spiritual yoga. Yoga means, yoga means union. <clears throat> it need not be spiritual union. Even in our day-to-day life, when I'm desiring something, I do not have something, wealth, proper, this wealth, power, position, I don't have. <clears throat> the moment I attain it, I'm unified with them. So this process of the to, to get anything which you don't have is yoga. So here the yoga is used in that sense. And what is shema? Shema means the thing which I have attained, I may lose any time again. So again, a lot of effort goes in preserving the thing which you have. So all our life you will find, this is the two things which defines our life. Yoga, Kshema. We are trying to get things. It may be our relation, it may be position, it may be wealth. We want to get. (coughs) So that's the thing. Our endeavor is in that. And once we got it, whether it is relation, position, wealth, whatever it may be. Now again, the big question comes, can I maintain it? It may be gone. My relations may break. My wealth may be gone. My position, power, position in life, I may lose. So how to maintain that? It that defines our entire life. So here Bhagwan is saying, the moment you become nistraigunya, you transcend the three gunas. This Vestige of energy in the form of chasing after the desires of life and try to maintain them. 
that falls off. How it happens when you become Atmavan, Niri Yoga Kshema, when you get, when you identify with yourself and know there is no death for you, no change in you, you are in the eternal present. We have all the things which entails fulfillment. You do not have to chase after that. That's the Atmavan. Once you get established there, so this Dwanda, chasing after the worldly goals of life and the attempt to preserve them, all this falls off once you get established in yourself. Nir Yoga Kshema Atmavan. So, what actually it is speaking of? Now, let us try to understand the exact meaning of the word Traigunya Vishaya Veda. This, the Veda, the entire Veda deals with the three gunas. Actually, speaking of the Karma Kanda of the Veda, the Karma Kanda of the Veda speaks of the three gunas the Sattva, the Rajas, and Tamas. What actually it is speaking of? It is actually speaking of stimuli response conditioning in the present language. Now, immediately you may feel how come Sattva Rajas Tamas has to do with this stimuli response conditioning? And does the Veda speak of only that? Yes, all our education is nothing but stimuli response conditioning. Nothing else. What it is actually speaking of? Now, what tamas is? Previously also we have described, we need not go into a very elaborate discussion. If a child is born, is his mind vacant? Is it in the uh, psychological language, is the tabula rasa, means nothing is there. Sometimes we feel that all the information has to be poured into the mind. The mind is like something like an empty pitcher in which we are like something like liquid, we are pouring into it and it gets full. Knowledge is not something like that. The mind is already having that stored information and all the informations are there. The external world is a suggestion, but they are there in a dormant form, in the latency, in the latent form. If, that, if they are not there in the Latin form, no education is possible. All the knowledge is, that's why Swami Vivekananda's famous definition of education is, education is the manifestation of perfection already in man. It is already there. It's just the manifestation of that. So all those perfection in the form of information is there in the mind. That is the tamas. And all the external world acts as a stimuli. That's why you will find a small child is such an intent observer, everything it is observing. So that the tremendous turmoil eh, eh, is going on in its mind. The mind of a child is learned so fast, tremendous, in a tremendous pace. It is creating new paths. Again, that is disrupted, new paths, learning, unlearning, learning, unlearning. It goes on constantly. Whereas learning, learning, how it is unlearning, it is happening. The external world acts as a stimuli. To that, it responds in a particular way. Rajas speaks of that response. And after responding, it, it finds whether it is agreeable or not. It is accepted or not. Something I do, uh, the small child goes and takes out everything from the garbage bin. Mother comes screaming, hey, gone. what are you doing? The child, through that, constant reaction understands it is something which I am not supposed to do. I am not supposed to play with this dirt. So this, what it speaks of, all the illumination that the, the garbage bin is the stimuli. 
the child tries to react rajas response in a certain way and then he finds that it is not agreeable and it's the learning process starts so learning unlearning learning unlearning the thing i did, have done already has to be unlearned i have to learn in a new way that these are the things which are unhygienic to uh, handle with i shouldn't do before the child the child is in a tremendous pace doing that the way it learns the language and everything so what is happening constantly the all the stored informations in your mind that is being activated by the stimuli external sattva that when i see the red flower the idea of the red flower was there in my mind if it was not there in the mind i can never never just see it as a red flower but the moment i see it those ideas which were hidden in my mind of that red flower that gets illumined so they say the three gunas are constantly mutating it's not sattva rajas tamas or something separate so here you will find the rajas uh, that uh, tamas all those ideas which are lying hidden in the latent form is tamas dark they are being illumined by the sattva the stimuli through the five senses whatever you are seeing hearing touching smelling tasting these are the stimuli through which all those informations are getting illuminated and once it gets illuminated you react to it rajas once we do that that speaks of life just take a microbe what it is doing that when it you put a drop of nutrient in the petri dish all the microbes run towards it it speaks of raga attachment that it is going to i'm going to thrive i'm going to be nourished by that if there's a toxin it runs away it speaks of fight and flight response dvesha abhinivesha so now all the sacrifice this is what our life is whether it is small micro or a human being what we are doing we are responding to the external stimuli in particular ways either through attachment or by moving away from it that's what we are doing this is there anything apart from this in the entire world and the vedas also speak of that you may say but when they speaking of sacrifices when they speak of the present a career based education what are this all the your career oriented education or the career oriented skill development what are they are they anything apart from the skilled responses to the challenges of life through the process of learning and learning and learning some course has been developed that you have to have some skill responses to the challenges of life is it apart from that anything so now you will understand when they say veda is trigunya vishaya it is actually skill that all these yagyas that you have the power to choose your response in your life whether you will spend it just the, how the yagyas work not that the yagyas gave us heaven yagyas directly the yagyas is not resulting in heaven what how it is resulting in heaven that all those yagyas i am pouring he with some mantras and you may just think that how it gives heaven not the because of pouring he and mantra what i have done for to pour he and mantra at a particular time and there are so many other things which i have to follow what i have done i have restricted my life i am not under the sway of my senses all those yagyas speaks of regimentation of the mind the more you regiment the more the immediate impulses cannot take sway over you the more you can enter into a state of flow and enjoy a state of bodilessness that results in swarga the yagyas by themselves are meaningless 
it actually results in a sense of bodilessness by not allowing us to get swayed by the senses sensual uh, what you say the entanglements whenever it any desire comes immediately i go to i run after it it's not allowing in the morning you have to wake up such and such acts you have to do and uh, that when you are having such and such uh, doing such and such act you have to fast that again speaks of uh, control you have to fast you have to uh, desist from all sorts of sensual activities you have to be concentrated when you are saying the mantra and offering it don't move around once you sit in the asana don't get up all those speaks of regimentation of the mind these are the things which you will find in any culture where there is lot of regimentation by the rituals they are more intellectually evolved in the name of religion when we try to get rid of all the rituals we will find that it do makes us something very a commoner the rituals this elaborate rituals you will find in the judaism these elaborate rituals are there can anyone deny that they are the most intelligent persons in the world you will find all the scientists big big scientists all the uh, tremendous work in psychology even einstein himself is a jew what it speaks of it's not that the rituals has helped but that culture has helped to regiment the mind the same thing happened in india also all those this rituals that regimented the mind and that has actually resulted in a better way of life how just nothing it's the same thing which the bacteria is doing we are also doing the bacteria is a microbe is just responding to the stimuli we are also doing it but we have the developed the capacity to have a skilled response to the challenges of life and perform in a better way all the yagyas do they speak anything apart from that so now you will understand that it is a stimuli response and conditioning after knowing that how you can train yourself to respond in a better way so that it speaks of your evolution so that's what the karma kanda of the vedas is that's why veda is trigunya vishaya veda but now with that you cannot have the ultimate fulfillment so you have to transcend this so that's why nistrigunya bhavarjuna so what it is what again it what actually means to become go beyond this trigunas is it to become like a veggie that's what we were indicating of course not we have to stop the mutation of the three gunas but not by resorting to inertness but by becoming highly alert by constantly contemplating on the self and not allowing that illumination to be wavered by the sensual pleasures you remain fixed in that the sattva doesn't get chance to get mutated to rajas and tamas that is the vishuddha sattva that's why that's bhagwan is using in the word nitya sattvastha so we will come to this distinction this nistray gunya has something to do with nitya sattvastha these two words are linked to become nistray gunya you have to be nitya sattvastha so we will go to the elaborate discussion uh, again in the next class to have a very clear understanding of what bhagwan is saying in this shloka so with this we stop our discussion just today thank you all namaskars